It's me, Governor Andrew Cuomo, and today I make a very uh, special appearance on the uh, Glenn Beck Show with that uh, other guy, uh, Stu What's-His-Face. And I'll tell you how you're going to kill people in nursing homes, all that and more, on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So, what was it that uh, what was it that caught your eye this weekend that you feel you if we had one thing people needed to understand? Mm. If I feel one thing mm. they have to understand, yeah, uh, it's the rapidity with which uh, the Democrats are destroying the nation. Um, <laughs> I think that's one thing. Really? In yeah, what way? 42 executive orders and a resolution to eliminate the Electoral College. Uh, that's kind of a problem. Kind of a problem. So they've actually submitted <clears throat> that to Congress? H.R. Yeah. 14 is a resolution to seek a constitutional amendment to eliminate the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. They said they already. Would, they said it, all of the Asia, they're not going to do that. By the way, yep. they're also in the House. Uh, they're also in the House uh, debating whether or not adding D.C. as a state requires the Constitution. Right. Can't we just vote this through? <laughs> yes. And if that's not enough, they're also talking about installing seats on the, the lower, lower courts, courts yeah. as well as the Supreme Court. So they're going to pack yeah. those courts no, but they're as not well. going to do that. Of course. Not. What I'm hearing of here is to push not. for unity. That's what I'm hearing. Is that what you're hearing? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You, you yeah. unify mm-hmm. behind their ideas. Unify yeah. through Marxism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, by the way, the, the White House is now saying that, um, yes, the language is intentional. Uh, in all these executive orders, um, you know, they're setting up a whole government of initiatives to address racial equity and support mm-hmm. underserved communities and rede- re- redress uh, uh, systematic racism in federal policy laws and programs. Uh, so mm. the the president is now going to require all agencies to take affirmative steps to promote diversity, equity and inclusion. Now, it sounds a lot like equality, but it's not. Equity means a guaranteed same outcome. Equality means same opportunities, no guaranteed uh, outcome. That's America. Mm -hmm. Equity, I'm not really sure what that is, except an authoritarian state it's just two letters what what could it possibly do right i mean <laughs> right no big deal no right. big difference and they're taking the l out which i thought was for lesbian and <laughs> no you, that's a different I mean, you just don't take that out it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing that's that's man. one that they they've been trying to push through uh through this anti-racist movement uh the white fragility movement where equity replaces equality, because mm-hmm. then you can say, well, that justifies all of our targeting of resources toward the groups that we're trying to buy off. We can say it's like affirmative action times a thousand, right? You know, there's a famous picture of 
of looking over the fence at a baseball game. Have you guys seen this? It's like a cartoon in which you have like a kid, uh, you know, like three different sizes, a full size adult, uh, you know, maybe a you know, teenager and a little kid. And the two, you know, the adult and the uh, teenager uh, can see over the fence um, and they have uh, they can see the game where the little kid can't because the kid's short. Uh, now, they all started out on the same uh, level of, uh, of ground. So uh, that's equality. But the little kid can't see over the fence. That's not fair. So equity is you stagger the height of the boxes they're standing on. So the little kid can see over, the teenager can see over, and the adult can see over. We are all, everything's totally fine at the end. And we just yeah, gave him a different starting point. If we were actually talking about seeing over a fence at a baseball game, we would also say we, the, maybe the the team has a right to build a higher fence because yeah. they're charging for tickets. <laughs> so ticket, none losers. of them should see it. Uh, but you could also say maybe the adult could put the kid on the shoulders because that's what he wants to do. Or you could also point out that, um, well, that adult at one point stood where that kid stood and mm -hmm. he couldn't see over the fence either. So mm -hmm. aren't you kind of shafting the adult because he had to go through that? And aren't you taking away some experiences of that kid that might shape him as an adult? You could talk about that, but I think it's much better just to say that whole scenario is bullcrap. Mm. <laughs> because we're talking about money. We're talking about jobs. We're talking about should everybody be equal when it comes to surgery? Do you want the surgeon that was like, yeah, well, my test scores were uh, changed for equity purposes. <laughs> I don't want that one. No. You want the pilot that's like, yeah, I got in. Everybody was voting me out. Everybody was against me. You know, yes, yes. I had a 63 on my final test, but I talked to the uh, I talked to the school and I told him equity. And they said, okay, here's your license. <laughs> I don't want that pilot. No. I don't want that pilot. This sounds, though, just like uh, someone who would be against the new Ben and Jerry's initiative. Well, what's the new Ben and Jerry's initiative? I have to tell you, there is nothing that hurts me more than really good ice cream going to waste. And now I just cannot buy Ben and Jerry's ever ever they're so ever. annoying they're so oh my annoying. gosh this new one is particularly crazy though they are calling for an end to unequal racist enforcement of social distancing policies uh, and they have a cartoon that they've made it as well oh really which does shows, it involve a kid with a fence uh no it's okay. a little bit different but it looks right. like the kid in the fence one okay okay uh, where apparently police officers are uh, if you believe the cartoon very frequently throwing black people in prison for not social distancing, but just congratulating white people for not social distancing. There's this idea wow. <laughs> that when white people gather, it's totally fine. They won't do anything to them. Mm. When black people gather, mm. they are punishing them. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know that there's all that much evidence of this. Frankly, I didn't know it was a thing until Ben and Jerry started talking about it. On the other hand, if it is a thing, isn't this an anti-white policy? You've told us the social distancing thing keeps us alive, 
right? You've told us wearing masks mm-hmm. and social distancing is the thing that would keep us alive. So you'd want to enforce those on a population you cared about. And not enforce it on a population you didn't care about. You're exactly right. So they want white people to die. Isn't this an anti-white thing? Yes, it is. If these policies are actually protecting, is that why their ice cream is called Death to Vanilla? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, back to the equity thing. Uh, The equity orders are set up uh, so they can address racial equity uh, and support underserved communities. This is why this is why Biden announced his orders on covid um, and said, I believe this nation and this government need to change their whole approach to the issue of racial equal equity. I'm embedding racial equity across the administration's response to covid-19 and the economic process uh, crisis. That's remember when he said, I'm only if you're a woman. If you're a minority, if you're disadvantaged, you're going to get the bailouts. And he didn't oh, yeah. mention mm-hmm. white people. Mm-hmm. This is equity. This is equity. White people, you've had enough. Because yeah, aren't we all in this together? There's no real way constitutionally to give reparations for slavery, right? So, like they, that was always an excuse, right? It's just mm-hmm. a justification. These policies are just trying to do it without doing it. Right. Like you're just picking groups you believe are underprivileged and you're throwing resources at them with the justification of the pandemic. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Governor Andrew Cuomo claimed Friday after the New York Attorney General's office uh, uh, showed a new report that it looks like. He may have the number of nursing home COVID deaths have been underestimated by as much as 50%. He said this. A third of all deaths in this nation are from nursing homes. New York State, we're only about 28% only. But we're below the national average in number of deaths in nursing homes. But who cares? 33, oh 28 died in a hospital, died in a nursing home. They died. This sounds very familiar. Do you remember this? The fact is we had four dead Americans. Was it because of a protest or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? It is our job to figure out what happened and do everything we can to prevent it from ever happening again. Wow. The same tactic being used by uh, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, We want to bring in Janice Dean. Uh, She's from Fox. She's the Fox uh, News senior meteorologist. The reason why she is uh, talking about this is because her husband lost both of his parents in a nursing home in New York. And we welcome Janice back to the program. Hi, Janice. Hi, Glenn. Nice to see you, my friend. Good to see you. So tell me, tell me what your reaction is to Governor Cuomo. Where do I start? It's been 10 months that I've been covering this governor, and he continues to really surprise me with his arrogance, his narcissism, his stupidity. He continues to go on national television on Friday and, you know, says things like you just aired. Who cares? So, so tell me, 
the 28%, the rest of the country has 33%. Is that true? Well, I have to first begin by saying I was surprised that the attorney general here in New York, who is a Democrat, who was mm-hmm. endorsed by Governor Cuomo, did her own investigation, 76 pages of a report into the nursing home issue, the something that I have been shouting from the mountaintops for 10 months. You know, I've been on your program yeah. talking about Cuomo and the mandate to put COVID positive patients into nursing homes and the fact that this governor continues to hide the numbers. The Justice Department had an investigation into him. He didn't give them any information, Glenn. I got it from a top source with the Justice Department, the top investigatory unit in the nation, and he wasn't giving them information. So she took it upon herself to investigate him and came up with the fact that the numbers have been skewed. He's been basically covering them up for many months now, and they're at least 50% higher than they've officially been reporting. Yeah, and I think that the official number was 56% off of this report, which was uh, incredible. And Wait, 56% higher, increase? Yeah, higher than they had which initially brings, said. Which brings that number to 28, or does that bring that number higher than 28? I don't know the answer to that. I do know that that the, the figure they've released already, though, is still too low. I mean, l- listen to this. The figures could be even higher, but the health department said its audit was ongoing, didn't break out deaths for presumed but not confirmed to be caused by the virus, and omitted those in assisted living or other types of long-term care facilities. There's still much, much more to unravel here, Janice. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I am pressing everyone to... In government, in in local government, as well as state government and even federal government, we need an independent bipartisan investigation into this governor and the whole debacle, the whole nursing home massacre. But I will tell you, there is light. There is a door opening because of this AG report. And now the New York Times is starting to dig in on this governor and this new AG report, as well as the vaccine rollout, there is an article, a damning article in New York Times today, talking about how nine of his higher mm-hmm. uh, high ups in the health department are leaving, are leaving. And they had an interview with Cuomo. And would you believe this was his quote, Glenn and Stu? Everybody has a plan until I punch them in the face. Basically saying, I don't need anybody. I know who I rely on, and the article lays out hospital lobbyists, top donors, not scientists, not people who should be telling you not to put COVID-positive patients in nursing homes. Hospital lobbyists that give him millions of dollars are whispering in his ear about the nursing home issue and the vaccine rollout. This is criminal Glenn and Stu, it's criminal. So, Janice, we, you know, it looks as though Gavin Newsom, you know, the two wonder boys uh, were Newsom and Cuomo. And Newsom looks like there's a real chance of him being removed by the people. Do you see that kind of a recall Andrew Cuomo thing taking root in New York? Stu, I think we need a new mug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Andrew but Cuomo is I've awful done... mugs, and we need now recall Andrew Cuomo. Um, I'm, in, I'm yes. in for this. But here's the thing. I've done research. We can't do that in New York. Mm. 
it's 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 a special kind of thing of beauty wow. that they have in California. We can't do that here in New York, but we need to take his powers away. He has control over everything. They gave him superpowers so no one can challenge him. And I've been saying to lawmakers, grow a spine. You have a lot of ammunition now against this governor. Go in and take his powers away. We are a democracy, not a monarchy. Well, usually they don't do anything until they think the king will be dead. Nobody wants to put a knife in the back of the king if the king can uh, live through it. And I think that's probably what's going on. Everybody is shy until it looks like he's weak enough to uh, take out, which is it's it's sick. But that's what happens. You imagine if Donald Trump had not. Well, we, we saw it after what happened at the Capitol. People started exiting the White House. And the press just dogpiled and said, this is an administration out of control. Everybody is leaving. You have nine of the top health officials of New York leaving because of Andrew Cuomo. Isn't that worth more than just one story? Because the mainstream media, the New York Times is, but you're not seeing very much time spent on ABC, NBC, CBS. He's not getting the pushback. That, that quite honestly is warranted with nine top health advisors walking out. And not listening to the science, not listening to the scientists, listening to his top hospital lobbyists who have been basically whispering in his ear since the very beginning of the pandemic. This is the reason why the meteorologist on Fox News Channel is getting political because I saw none of the coverage I was seeing these little bits and reports about, you know, the COVID positive patients going into nursing homes, his executive order that was scrubbed off of his website, and the fact that he was hiding the numbers. And because I was not seeing the coverage on all of the mainstream, as you mentioned, the ABCs, the CBSs, the NBCs, who were instead anointing this man as like a hero, love life, tell us about your family, you could be the next president. I mean, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm, you know, sounding the alarm. And it's still to this day, they continue to cover up for him. It's incredible. I mean, and those those interviews he did with Chris Cuomo from mm-hmm. this period, I mean, are, are going to be legendary, I think, in the end of this. You know, it's weird. You know, what's weird is, you know, this Stu. if I am friends with somebody or I like somebody or there's somebody in my own religion, I usually am harder on them. Right. Because I don't ever want people to say, oh, well, he's just cutting Mm -hmm. them slack. And it's unfair sometimes how hard I am on them. This is the exact opposite. This is, I mean, it's CNN colluding with the government of New York. It really is. um, Janice, I want to get your perspective on on this because I had this feeling in a big way. Nobody's done more to keep Andrew Cuomo accountable than Janice Dean. It should be 100% clear. Um, I've ranted about it a lot as well. And to the point of where if you had looked at this story at all, Janice, you knew this eventually was coming. This is not a surprise. We all knew New York was the only state doing this and counting the deaths this way. We all knew eventually there was going to be released. There was multiple lawsuits on this front from the fine people at the Empire Center and others who were trying to get this information. Everyone who had looked at his performance at all knew eventually this number was going to come out. 
I was stunned to see how shocked everyone was by it. Partially, I'm I'm happy that people are finally coming to this and seeing this. But like the CNN headline, Andrew Cuomo's COVID-19 performance may have been less stellar than it seemed. Like this, oh, yeah, not bad, right. less, less stellar. stellar. They were shocked by this information. I, I, I don't know whether to be encouraged or discouraged by all of this. Well, can I tell you a story of what happened over the weekend? Um, I've met a lot of families uh, who have been grieving. Same, same story as my family. Uh, they lost a loved one in a nursing home. And my friend Don did an interview with Lester Holt on NBC on Thursday when the AG report was released. Mm. They got in touch with her. And they sent a reporter or they did a Zoom session with the reporter. And she's very vocal about Cuomo. Every rally that I have ever been to, she has a sign that says killer Cuomo. I mean, she Mm. really, really believes that this man killed her mom. And so they started the interview and she's done a few of these enough times that she knows they only take little sound bites of her. They never start with the Mm -hmm. Andrew Cuomo did this. I hold him accountable. So now when she does these interviews, she always starts with, and I blame Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo was the one that put COVID positive patients into nursing homes. Andrew Cuomo killed my mom. Well, she did that. And what did the reporter do? The producer? Clipped it um, out. No, no. She told her. Do not say Andrew Cuomo. Please state the say the state of New York. Um, I blame the state of New York. Yes, mm. yes. Jeez. So that's that's on their minute fifteen clip that they used for the big AG seventy six page report. Is my friend Dawn basically being coached on what to say instead of what she wanted to say? So she wrote on Facebook this weekend. I did this interview with Lester Holt, and this is the reason you know why a lot of us. You know, we want to get on the mainstream media, right? Mm-hmm. We want to tell people what's going on, but they're but they're trying to tell us what we should say. And so she got on Facebook and said, I did this interview. They only use like 10 seconds of it. And they coached me instead of saying what I feel is Andrew Cuomo was the reason why my mom died. They said New York State failed. And that's what they used. And she was wow. angry. And I po- yep, yep, posted it on Twitter. Um, it went viral, and I called them out. NBC, Today Show, Lester Holt, shame on you for covering up this mm. governor. And we had her on Fox and Friends this morning. We gave her six and a half minutes. Good for you. She told her story, and she said, Governor Cuomo, you're the reason why my mom is dead. Do me a favor. Call her for me. Tell her that our producers are going to call. I'll have Sarah reach out to you. I would get the love number. that. We'll put her on in uh, in the next hour at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Stu. You guys, you are you, you are doing God's work on this. I wish you uh, the best. And please stay in touch with us. Let us know how we can help. I will, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you to your viewers and your audience. Thank you very much. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. So I want to make it really clear. Um, I believe in a conspiracy, but it's not a theory. It's an it's a fact. There is a class of all powerful elites in government, in high tech, in big business, in media And they have an unknowable amount of uh, control over each of our lives right now. They have more power, influence, and control than even we understand at this point. 
They're talking about algorithms that will help change your mind. You're on one side of the aisle. They're now talking about algorithms that will get you away from Trump. I don't know. That's kind of spooky, isn't it? I mean, I don't mind if you make an argument, but if you're manipulating what I see. Now, I only believe in this because it's provable easily. It's happening right in front of us. It's happening to us. We see it play out in the form of the number of masks we now have to wear or where we eat. Can we eat inside or outside where we congregate? Whether or not our teachers teach, even though it's a safe school environment that we paid billions of dollars to enhance to make sure everything was safe. The proof is in the executive orders and the the media and their idols. And the oligarchy most recently seen getting help from their partners in the government to stop the forgotten man from winning on Wall Street by investing freely and playing by the rules. This time it was GameStop. What will it be next? We haven't even arrived at the Great Reset yet, and that changes capitalism itself to the core. The oligarchy is a snake's nest. If you don't know what an oligarchy is, it's basically a country run by corporations and dirty, corrupt politicians. It's Russia. Global corporations bonded to the government in a twisted new religion. I know it's also China. Why would I say religion? Because it's a religion that is ironically anti-religion because the oligarchy can only exist if the masses disown God. If you take away a man's God, he will replace it with something that is not God. We know that to be true. That's why they work so hard to destroy religion. In place of God, you're given terror, burrowed inside of convenience. Our unconsenting subordination to the oligarchy is a form of worship. They tell us we enjoy uh, subservience. They have us convinced, well, I can't live without it. No, I, I mean, I can't communicate it. We did fine before. We have become a function of the oligarchy. We depend on it now for everything. And by disowning God in favor of the oligarchy, the individual is disowning himself because we're foregoing the chance of meaningful survival. As one psychologist put it, society is the sum total of the individuals in need of redemption. But there are no individuals in the oligarchy. It's just a shinier version of the Marxist idea of the state, except it's not about the people. It's about your convenience. But it's still about the same thing, power and money. The state is just a high minded attempt to hide corruption and make evil men feel less bound for hell. But it's the same lineage. It's the same story. But perhaps the oligarchy is the worst iteration yet, because this one knows everything about you. The Stasi was nothing compared to what high tech has on you. Think about this. The oligarchy is fueling itself on the death of your individuality. 
It wants you to consume endlessly. But it's a self-consumption. You're being asked to sacrifice yourself. And I think secretly we all know this is happening. Sales for 1984 have skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. We're talking a lot about Orwell in 1984 and for a good reason. Orwell predicted what's happening all around us. If you read 1984, about a couple, three months ago, I reread it. I hadn't read it since I was in high school. My gosh, it is reading like a newspaper. And that's only half of it. The other half is Huxley's Brave New World, which should be a required companion piece to 1984 today. In 1984, society is forced to hold opposing and contradictory views in their heads at all times. Man is a man, but a man can have a baby. A man can be a woman. You can't deny that. And a a man can become a woman, and then that woman is just the same as any man. And men and women are equal, but it would be better if we had more women on the board of directors because well they're more than equal they're different somehow but they're the same in a brave new world the hapless citizens of the state are full of blissful self-cannibalism obedience obedience is the result of a parasitic propaganda campaign that began before the citizens were even born There is plenty of censorship, lots of forbidden literature. But unlike Fahrenheit 451 in 1984, the people in the brave new world are excited to welcome the censorship. Isn't that us now? How many people do you hear? Well, there's freedom of speech, but not really freedom of speech. They were so inundated in Brave New World with useless and distracting information, they just stopped processing any of it. Do you know anybody that has said, I just can't watch it anymore? The book is just as full of slogans as 1984, but the slogans are catchier, like ad copy. History is bunk. Have you heard anything like that? Everyone works for everyone else. We can't do it without anyone. And you didn't build this. Their motto is community, identity, stability. The same exact creepy vagueness and manufactured warmth that you see play out over and over again in the last year. The hypocrisy is so constant and obvious that it makes you question your reality. Community, identity, stability. It's a misnomer. The same way that... Antifa is an inaccurate representative of anti-fascist, and it's not by mistake. In Brave New World, people live under the model, everyone belongs to everyone else. Individual, individuality does not exist. Everything is shared. Did you hear the Great Reset? By 2030, you will own no private property. There will be no private property, and you will like it. That's a quote from the World Economic Forum. Brave new world. Everybody shares. There is no private property and everyone loves it. Monogamy is taboo. Even solitude is framed as psychotic. 
Nothing can be intense or long, long drawn. Citizens are trained to avoid having to live through a long time interval between the consciousness of a desire and its fulfillment. In other words, right now and then forget it. They're told, take a holiday from reality whenever you like and come back without so much as a headache or a mythology, which is code for take away the collective human history. The state, the oligarchy, they hold all control and the workers serve as their unwitting slaves. Unwitting is the key. Citizens can't realize that they're being used. It's a complicated caste system that hides the real social ranking, a pyramid scheme that the elite are packaging as community identity stability. They can't be no. They can't. The people can never figure out that they're being used. Has anybody noticed that everything the Democrats say they're against fascism, corporatism, they're now pushing all of these things are being pushed. And yet the people involved in the Democratic Party that are that are that are just the voters, they still don't know that. Why? Because none of their media is covering it. I actually feel sorry for most of them. The state in the brave new world is the precursor to the oligarchy of now. An earlier version you can probably trace back to the separation of light from dark during the creation of the universe. From that moment, life had predators and prey. And humans took this dynamic and turned it into entertainment. And now there's a class of all powerful elites with unknowable measures of control over each of our lives, more power and influence and control than we could ever know. To understand the oligarchy, we have to understand ourselves. We have to escape the pointless circling chaos of an oligarch class that resets our history and shames the act of remembering. Otherwise, we're... We're all going to drown in a ceaseless flood of information and propaganda and maybe never any truth. And without a sense of what is true, without the belief that life holds the potential for meaning, we're just toothpicks in somebody's social experience, some private game for the oligarchy. That's the existence they demand of you, your existence, your individuality. Because individuality is a obstacle to them. You belong to everyone else. You belong to the oligarchy. And you're so much more useful if you conform. We're making a choice every day. By staying in it. But has anybody ever asked you if this is what you want? Uh. 